0: This is The Playbook. Dave Meltzer here, live at The Win in the Blue Wire Studios in the lobby of The Win with Entrepreneur's The Playbook. And I have a true entrepreneur, an entrepreneur who has changed my life. Dan Klitzner is here. He is the founder of one of my favorite toys ever, the Bop It, and uh, also Kid Group. And, uh, Dan, first of all, welcome to The Playbook.
1: Thank you, David. It is such a pleasure to be here.
0: You know, I get... Accused of having the best job in the world, maybe one of the most entertaining fun jobs as I've evolved from a sports agent one of the most notable sports agencies to sports marketing going to all these great sporting events but I just have to tell you you know my one of my friends invented pictionary and I'm like man if I could just have invented a cool toy or a cool game but there's I mean, Pictionary is great but the bop it uh, how did that idea evolve because you know, it's really hard to take an idea and make it as big as the bop it.
1: Well, it was, uh, <clears throat> like many stories of of inventions and many of the things I've done, I've had many successes. I've had lots more failures, and most of the successes came from failures, and bop it is one of those. It It came from an idea that was originally a new type of TV remote called the channel bopper, <laughs> That you were, I had this idea that kids should be more active when they're changing channels. So they would bop this thing on the counter to change channel up, turn it around, bop for channel down. Volume was twist and pull was on off. It actually started as a TV remote. And I pitched it and pitched it, failed, nobody wanted it, and eventually pivoted and turned it into a game. And if you think about it, it started as something for kids to control a TV and it ended up as a game that controlled kids. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's amazing how the universe works. Now, a lot of people ask me, how do we pivot? You know, how do you know when it's time to make that change? And, you know, you can't solve a problem in the same consciousness it's created. Uh, When was the point where you said, wait a second, this is wrong. Let me try to figure out a different way to use a great idea.
1: Well, first, I think you have to have this feeling like this idea is worth holding on to, not to just, you you need to disregard or discard a lot of ideas. But the point at this came from, um, the pivot point was really from something I call relentless listening. Everything someone says in a meeting means something. Even if you don't think it of of it at the time at the time someone said maybe it's not a remote in one of these pitch meetings and I thought they were crazy of course it's a remote that's the whole idea and later it sort of sunk in I did absorb it and it it came about from a someone else another toy company wanted a new innovative electronic game with a screen and I actually took this product and said maybe that tv remote isn't a remote it is it is a game and so it all it all sort of was connected to what i call relentless listening
0: and through relentless listening uh there's a guy named dennis waitley in the sales field and he's deep into his 80s now one of my mentors and he had a great saying that i think is pertinent to coming up with ideas and taking them to market whether it be writing a book or a movie or a toy uh, it takes time and you very rarely in the first meeting get someone said, oh, I love it, the Bopet controller is gonna be the best thing ever. Um, But he talks about planting seeds under trees that you may never sit under. And there's certain minds, as you are listening for, do you think that your own being took this idea and so many people had so many comments and so much impact and so much feedback but yet some people planted seeds and they kept growing. Uh, is that a process that you find as an inventor holds true?
1: I, I love that. That is actually very much how I feel about invention. Is It isn't I invented this. It's more that I noticed it, I curated it, I edited it, I listened, I kept iterating. And you're your own editor. You're going to get a lot of advice if you pitch ideas. And... You're, it's up to you to say that's a good one. I'm keeping that. I'm throwing that one out. But there were definitely things along the way that added up to this, and many of the things I've created that had to do with really curating what you hear and what you what you discard.
0: And in that respect, too, there's five different levels of intention. And you know, hear me out on this because I find a lot of entrepreneurs, especially idea entrepreneurs, because mm-hmm. there's a difference between an entrepreneur and an innovator and these idea, innovation, inventor type of entrepreneurs, uh, they get caught in different levels. The, The first level is, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to make this happen. I'm gonna say everything, I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna think everything to make this happen, and I'm going to believe. And to that point, I find that we create obstacles and voids when we stop there, because there's many people that believe come to me for advice and say, but I know, I just know this is a good idea. But there's a difference between the fourth level of intention of believing from doing, saying, thinking, and believing everything you can to make it happen to the one that I find is the most credible, which most people like you, like my friend who invited Pictionary, mm-hmm. invented Pictionary or Bop It or all Crocs or whatever. I've been around all these guys that are amazing and women. But it's this feeling. And feeling takes practice as well to recognize. Is there a certain feeling as you have evolved as an entrepreneur and innovator that you are now aware of because of the amount of failures and successes that you've had that you just know intuitively, oh yeah, this is it. I feel that this is something. I got to stay with it.
1: I think I'm yes i do and i think that it's it's getting more and more tuned the older i get that that feeling knowing when I, I think a lot of ideas and idea people as you said we we all love our ideas very much in fact i had a fortune cookie the other day with a very i guess famous saying and it said ideas are like children there are none so wonderful as your own <laughs> i love that you know and that i I think we are all like that. You know, most people think of giving birth to your to your baby, to your idea. It is very much like that. But you do have to keep that in mind that your idea is usually most important to you and you really have to be sensitive to is it do other people have that same fire, that same feeling that you might say this is in my gut, I really feel that way, but you sort of have to check yourself to say or is this just because it's mine? And so that's the difference. Is it just to you you know your feeling or do you are you really tuned into the zeitgeist that tells you I think everyone's gonna like my child, not just me. Yeah, and being able to quantify
0: yeah. who's liking or resonating with your child and mm-hmm. adjusting it so more and more people resonate with that child as well. Now, there's also, you know, something that occurs as we get older is that a lot of people ask us for our help in their ideas. And so many people have so many ideas. They're free, by the way, kind of like gratitude. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And how have you been able to uh, qualify which ideas, because there's so many, are the ones in which uh, are worthy of your attention and intention today?
1: It is the biggest problem, right? What we really need is more time. We all want more time because there's too many ideas to chase, especially if you're prolific. And so when someone says, I have a great idea, I, I've developed this sort of a, a, a mantra, acronym, that's you can only really sell an idea when everything is right, R-I-T-E. <laughs> and those four things are like four legs of a table. This is not, there's nothing magic about coming up with ideas with this formula, it's just to give you a, a, a tool to check to see, is this the idea I should pursue? Or should I move on to another one? And so this, think of this as a table that has four legs. And the four legs are relationship, idea, timing, and execution, R-I-T-E. And I, I know there's more, but it's easier to just divide into these four categories. Number one, relationships. Do you, do you have, and think of this table as something you want it to be, all the legs should be the same height and as tall as possible. It has to be taller than any other table you have. Or your invention to sit on this thing and and really be the one and you look you know it's not it's the relationships of do i have the right audience to pitch this to is this really connected to uh, the uh, do i know which company should do this idea the idea often people i'll say think of your idea you think it's great let's just right off the bat say it's always a five out of ten it is never a ten out of ten how do you make that leg of the table a 10 out of 10? So it's really a practice of, okay, you have a great idea. First do these steps. Then uh, timing is not just luck. You use your relationships. You use everything you can to judge, is this the right time? Because often things are too early or too late, right? And the last one, execution, is like devils in the details. It's actually, uh, it is, almost the the devil is the details like it's it's everything that you could have the same idea and say i had everything right i pitched it to the same company right time right idea but they look completely different someone else you know beat you to it and often that's because there was just some detail you missed so really it's taking these legs of the table and making sure they're they're as tall as possible because then you take your other ideas and you say okay that one's it that's the one that's taller than all the rest I'm going to go with that one. It's really, it's a hard, hard discipline because you want to do all of them.
0: Yeah, it it is. And there's another nuance. I I had my first TV show called Elevator Pitch with Entrepreneur. And jokingly, I came up with this great line, you know, hey, that's a great idea. Too bad you have it. And as (laughs) funny and mean as that is, and they made me use it once on the show. And it had to be, of course, with the nicest lady. It had nothing to do with her. But they had to make sure I got that yeah. line in for the trailer, you know, TV works. Uh, but more importantly, yeah. um, there are some common denominators, characteristics in entrepreneurs that uh, have the right table, but they're still the entrepreneur that's necessary to, to execute, even if it has the right timing, execution, and relationships. What is one of the common traits of a successful entrepreneur that does have R-I-T-E, right idea. What are some of the common traits of an entrepreneur that you would bet on?
1: I think I would bet on someone who listens. You know, when they're pitching me the idea right away, I still think that they better listen to not just my advice, but anyone's advice. Find a good listener. Not, you know, that's a good invention is, as I said, listening. And, and even an entrepreneur, if you see someone that's just so fired up that they're, you know, they're not curious enough about other people, then they're gonna miss everything. I think that you, you know, you're not gonna be able to pivot, you're not gonna be able to sort of change. Uh, so I think that's the most common thing would be that curiosity to really understand that you don't have all the answers yourself. And I've seen that in people when you can tell they're just really curious, they really, they have everything lined up, but they sort of have that quality of being, you know, more convinced that they don't have all the answers.
0: And to that measure too, that we don't have all the answers. I find that some entrepreneurs can they be too in love
1: with their idea or their product? We all are. (laughs) It's their baby. (laughs) I'm saying it is a wonderful thing. I don't think you can be. Yes, you know, you can't be a good entrepreneur, a good inventor without that passion. And maybe it's. uh, I think of it sometimes as be. Don't be afraid to delude yourself. Go ahead and be deluded about your idea. You need that. You need to be fueled by that passion of. And then make sure that you check it, you know, about be deluded, but don't deceive yourself. Balance those two things.
0: And in that balance, you, all successful innovators, entrepreneurs, inventors, have an interesting relationship to no. What's your relationship to the word no?
1: No is wonderful because uh, statistically I don't think I've ever sold an idea. I've sold hundreds of ideas to toy companies and had many successful things that I don't think one of them was ever a yes the first time. Mm. So probably the average is around 12, 13, 14 no's. So when you've had your 10th no, you're thinking, oh, wow, I'm so excited. I'm getting close, right? Yeah. That it's true You because it's not just – the law of averages you're learning as you're pitching and and so the no but it's then you're asking questions you're reading the room you're you're understanding and i mean don't you think sometimes in the mid in mid pitch how many people i wonder come up with the little key right in the middle that something happens someone says something they read someone's body language and that that moment comes where you you just cut out of something else that you use in the next presentation and it's, it's by learning the you know, what doesn't work, um, I think. Do you play Wordle?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you're a much faster learner than I am because <laughs> I created a 25 no rule. Oh, and you're like, oh, it's 10 or 13 for me. I'm like, oh, oh shit, he's a lot more <laughs> just, uh, smart than uh, I am, Dan. On
1: average, but there's probably, yeah, 25 is very common. Uh, <laughs> That's but, awesome. But I was saying Wordle uh, reminds me of how many, do you play it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you learn when you get all five wrong on the first word is that is that useless no oh, it's extremely valuable. helpful right that's what point. a lot of inventing is it's like wordle you you are you might get lucky but really you're going to learn from what doesn't work more than what does
0: and when you are successful and you've been successful in many things you start to build a community and i think your biggest community was created by Bopit. it uh how many millions of people have uh, played Bopit?
1: it it's hard to say we think 100, between 100 to 200 million you know it was it's been around uh 30 40 million have sold but there's for each one sold many people have played it and just as i've seen the rise of bop it memes and spoofs and songs and you know yeah. uh movies and th- it's just it's getting more and more it's growing uh it's not getting less and and it's not just from the games that are being played it's the community and and the, the i call it it's 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 become part of pop culture. And of course, I like to call this bop culture. Nice,
0: <laughs> I love it. It's the K-pop culture that we're looking at, yeah. just selling out stadiums. But to that measure, recognizing that you have such a engaged community, you now can do good with it. And my mission and yours as we got older was not just to make a lot of money. It was to help a lot of people and still have a lot of fun. Uh, nothing's more fun than elevating others to elevate ourselves. And you and your wife have made this your mission and created uh, the bop it for good
1: (laughs) that's right it was because of this bop culture and it the 25th anniversary was coming up for bop it and i really it's i've done many things it's but bop it clearly is very very special and it wasn't just special because of its success it's the product itself there's some qualities that over time started to come you know become aware of and the reason it's spoofed and the reason it's got all this notoriety is because of its relationship with voice and how, uh, which voice is in it and, and the personality that, that comes out of it and the music that's in it. So it's been in all these songs, it's been in uh, all these things separate from the toy that, that everybody has this joyous feeling about. And I've seen uh, sports stars and celebrities and they're all playing it and they all are, when they meet me, about noticed about five years ago, people are like, you're the inventor of Boppet, oh my god, and they'd go kind of crazy, and I said, I know a lot of guys who've invented things, I've never, nobody ever goes that crazy, what is it about Boppet that's making people this, this in love with meeting me, and, and all of these, these great, uh, you know, stories about Boppet, and so Alicia and I decided, what can we do with that, with Bob culture, what, what could we do to do the most good with this thing that's happened, because it's really not normal, It's just, there's no other toy that I've seen something like this happen with. And so we knew it was special and just said, we want to do something really good with that. So let's start uh, this initiative we call Bop It For Good with the idea of creating, special doing special things with Bop It that do the most good possible for our time and for the notoriety and the popularity of the product.
0: And it's an extraordinary effort, which has extraordinary good tied to it. Last question, you know, there's like this... um, Vanilla ice type of thing that comes over people that have great successes. Um, and you have that big win. And you know, you worried you're the, a one hit wonder. And although you've had many successes in your career, when you have a huge success with 100 to 200 million people playing it, you have created your own culture, you've created celebrity and brand uh, for yourself and your wife and a foundation and, and help. Um, do you find. A comparative analysis taking place when you're looking for your next idea that oh this isn't as tall as the poppet table Mm. and does that create resistance for you or or have you overcome that and just learn to figure out what your big your next big idea is going to be
1: no i i well i could say at first it did yeah but now i've just wanted to embrace it because it's so special and I see this huge opportunity in the future of what's next. And as you say, it's about the celebrity it's given me. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to create uh, boppets where I go out to sports stars and celebrities and really, it's sort of open it up and say, I'll donate my time if you'll donate your voice for a boppet for a cause you believe in. Like it's this idea that instead of going backwards, it's like what can I, what can we do that's bigger than just okay, you invented Bop-It and, and live off of that in a way. It was really trying to go bigger with it. So that's what I'm excited about. And honestly, I have a million other things I'd like to do, a, m- a bunch of ideas on different tables. But this is so exciting that it's, it sort of overshadowed that, which is saying a lot, is that we think this is going to be so much fun to do and create with people that it's I don't mind that it's Bop-It. I'm glad that it's given us this opportunity.
0: And it certainly has. You're doing such a wonderful job. I can't wait to see the Morgan Freeman bop it. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the voice that I want to hear in there. Well, in the,
1: I want to know who who out there has an idea for who would you like to hear a voice of bop it? What sports team would you love to say? Who's that? Is that Draymond Green yelling at you when you <laughs> blow it? Is that, you know. You're a uh, Steph Curry fan. I know you like I to see know, him, right? I want to hear Steph, but. Uh, uh, well, or, we're good uh,
0: friends with his agent, so uh, we'll have to make that introduction for you.
1: Wouldn't you, wouldn't you succeed? Wouldn't you like to hear, go. <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. Well, I just love seeing you and the Boppet and the Boppet for good, especially including even an R two D two Boppet, which looks really cool over there as well. Uh, to that end, we gotta have you back. Thank you so much for giving us the inspiration to follow our dreams. Uh, to me, that's the most important message that I see when I see the Boppet—that it, it's someone that truly has followed their dream for good and now giving back to a huge community uh, to help, which. Ironically, isn't it funny that you started out to have people, your kids, be more active with TVs, and we're still faced with that challenge today? But even worse,
1: it is amazing. It's it's taking. We're trying to get rid of the thumbs and turn them into big physical actions and interactions with people. And uh, that's yeah. I'm, I'm I am excited that it's lasted and that we can do a lot of good with it.
0: Time for the bop Xbox controller or play the PlayStation controller as well. So there's a lot that we can still do and. I admire you for everything that you are doing and pursuing your potential with a huge success. Dan Klitzner, thank you so much. Founder of the Bop It. He's an incredible entrepreneur, innovator, and more importantly, philanthropist. Thanks for all that you do. This is Dave Meltzer live here at the Blue Wire Studios in the lobby of the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas with one of the world's greatest entrepreneurs, Dan Klitzner. Thank you so much for joining me.